Good morning, everyone. Welcome to chapel. Um, given this size, would everyone mind like maybe moving into the middle or moving towards the front? This morning's service will be led by members of the Congregational Ministries class. This semester, we've studied diff many different aspects of congregational ministry, from leading worship, preaching, to pastoral care and music, spirituality, and the importance of using inclusive language in worship. It was our class's idea to put together um, some of the skills that we've learned and do this chapel. Our theme this morning is transitions, encountering God in uncertainty. We chose this theme because the end of the school year is rapidly approaching. Many of the people in our class are seniors and they'll be graduating and right now they're making decisions about where to go in the future. Others of us are leaving this summer on SST for Peru and Nicaragua and still others are transitioning into new jobs or back to hometowns for the summer. Throughout all of these transitions, we can find solid ground in God, whose presence can be especially powerful when the rest of our lives seem unstable. So welcome to chapel, and may you see God in your own transitions. I'd ask that you put down your devices and take out your hymnals, turning to page, well, not page, but hymn 546. You may not need it because this is Guide My Feet, and it's pretty intuitive. So if you don't need it, don't get it out. God, my Why are you missing? Why are you missing? 
Genesis 46, verses 3 to 5. Um, it's a biblical tradition. And the Lord said, I am your God, the Lord of your parents. Do not fear to go down to Egypt, for I will make you of you a great nation there. I will go down with you to Egypt, and I will also surely bring you up again. Then Jacob arose from Beersheba, and the sons of Israel carried their father Jacob. Their little ones and their wives in the cart which Pharaoh had sent to carry them. So they took their livestock and their goods, which they had acquired in the land of Canaan, and went to Egypt. Jacob and Rachel and Leah and all of their descendants with them, and they brought them with them to Egypt. Um, I'd like to share with you my personal paraphrase of Genesis 46, verses 3 through 5. The prophet Wendell Berry spoke to Merlin and Rita, God calls us all to be workers of the land. Do not be afraid to go down to Nebraska, for there is a beautiful piece of farmland awaiting you there. I will go with you there, and I will make things grow out of dead and sterile soil. Then the Friesen family arose from Paoli, and the Penske truck carried them and their many possessions, goods, and livestock westward to the Great Plains. I don't want to liken my journey too much to the Israelites because I wouldn't say I was headed towards slavery, but I was headed toward a heck of a lot of manual labor in my teen years. In June 2007, just before I turned 12, my parents and I packed up our dogs, cats, horses, rabbits, chickens, and all our non-animal possessions and moved to Nebraska to switch locations and lifestyles. We left a four-bedroom ranch-style house in southern Indiana to make our home in an old barn, which would become increasingly more livable in the following years, including running water and electricity and a deluxe composting toilet. Um, we left a diverse and dearly beloved church community, Paoli Mennonite Fellowship, where I had spent my entire childhood to begin attending, we weren't sure where, for church. I said goodbye to my youngest of three older sisters who was headed off to Goshen College, and just like that, I was the only child at home with my parents for the first time ever in my life. I left a comfortable life as the child of an established small-town family practice physician to reinvent myself as the son of sustainable farmers. I had no say in this move. My parents were following the call of Wendell Berry and maybe God too. I was just along for the ride. Suffice it to say, this was quite the time of transition. For the next two years, I felt incredibly isolated. I was homeschooled, living 10 miles out of town without any peers my age nearby. I was also going through puberty, growing a mustache for the first time, so perhaps the absence of peers was a mixed blessing. In this, in this crazy time, my main solace came on Sundays, the rest day. My parents, it was really a rest day. There was no work to be had on Sundays, and the one time we did, it did not go well. The, rest, the other six days of the week were too hard. So my parents and I, after doing some church hopping and feeling mostly out of place, had begun attending uh, First Mennonite Church in Beatrice. At First Mennonite, there was a group of seven kids, all four and five years older than me, who welcomed me into their circle. They took me seriously and willingly included me in the high school Sunday school class when I was an eighth grader. At the time, I took this for granted. Now that I look back on it, it seems a little out of the ordinary. 
I thank God for the friends I had in these people and for the relationships I still have with all of them today. One of these high schoolers, John, became the closest friend I had in junior high. His family hosted us for a huge dinner nearly every Sunday after church, and my parents and I frequently stayed there all afternoon and evening, just spending time with their family. After lunch, John and I would go outside and toss the football for hours, then return inside to play rook and drink coffee with John's grandmother, Erna Marie, the spunkiest 90-year-old woman I've ever met. Later, we would eat a light supper of Zemo, perfectly baked Prussian rolls, simple but with a perfect brown crust. Then my parents and I would go home to tend to the animals before it got too dark. It occurs to me now that John didn't really need my friendship. He was a busy high school junior and senior, a three-sport athlete with friends and homework of his own to keep him busy. Yet he spent his Sabbath rest time hanging out with a lonely homeschooled junior high boy. Yet. It seems God must surely have meant those people to make me feel at home and make, help me grow. John and his family, as well as the other high school youth at church, showed amazing hospitality, comforting me at a time when I honestly felt like a stranger in a strange land. When have you experienced such a time of transition? Who has exemplified hospitality to you? When have you been the one to show such hospitality? And finally, how can you show radical hospitality to your neighbor in the future? Uh, my name is Dominique Chu, and I'll be graduating in just over a week. An English major and minors in women's and gender studies and Bible and religion. So not that long ago, I stood up here and talked about how God mourns with us as we endure hardship in a variety of ways. Well, I count transition as a hardship. I am and will continue to be mourning the fact that I have to leave a place like Goshen place that has nurtured me, supported me, and taught me valuable and marketable skills like critical thinking. English majors, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, on top of graduation, my mom is moving from my hometown to a different state. It's been difficult to articulate my mixed feelings of being happy for her, but also wishing that a huge move could have happened at any point except for right now. Also, the thing about being a senior is that everyone is so excited for you and wants to know what's next, which is really great when you have plans. When you don't and you hear the same question asked over and over and over again, it actually causes a serious amount of anxiety having the whole world open for you. Needless to say, I've been pretty emotional lately. Typically, transitions are fine with me, but now that I'm realizing my life won't function within semesters or around summer breaks and holidays, it's different. Well, a couple of weeks ago, a friend and recent grad of GC came to town. She's volunteering with a program that's right up my alley and convinced me that I should just go for it because really, I've got nothing to lose. And anyone that knows me knows that I'm terrible at making decisions. I'm the type of person who asks for the opinion of everyone else, gets them really invested in what I'm thinking about, and will ultimately choose the exact opposite of what they just suggested. But that night, I had a dream. And for those that heard me speak a couple of weeks ago, you know that the ways that my dreams have helped, me, helped bring me through rough spots and reminded me of the reality of the divine companionship of God. You also heard the ways that those very dreams about my friend who had passed away helped me to, get, to let go of him and to say goodbye. So that night, I dreamt about him again. I was sitting in a cafeteria-like setting, and I looked across the way and saw his mother. And she was looking ahead, and she was smiling. And when I turned to look, I saw my friend walk through the doors. And I said, do you see him? And she smiled, and she nodded. And I turned around, and he was right next to me. I said to the friend across from us, do you see him? And he smiled and nodded. 
and my friend grabbed my hand. I remember covering my face with my free hand and crying in my dream, but when I woke up, I was smiling. And I think there are tons of ways that I could have interpreted this dream, but I'm going to choose to find significance in the fact that I had this dream now, during this time of transition. I'm going to take my friend grabbing my hand as a sign of affirmation. I'm choosing to believe that God mourns with us, celebrates with us, and that God really does walk alongside us as we transition, even in ways we don't expect. I'm choosing to believe that God affirms our decisions to take chances, that God encourages us to get out of our comfort zones, and calls us to carry a light of acceptance or grace or forgiveness or openness as we continue on our journeys. Hello, I'm Haley Brooks. I'm a senior English writing major. I'm gonna read In Blackwater Woods by Mary Oliver. Look, the trees are turning their own bodies into pillars of light are giving off the rich fragrance of cinnamon and fulfillment. The long tapers of cattails are bursting and floating away over the blue shoulders of the ponds. And every pond, no matter what its name is, is nameless now. Every year, everything I have ever learned in my lifetime leads back to this. The fires and the black river of loss whose other side is salvation, whose meaning none of us will ever know. To live in this world, you must be able to do three things. To hold, I mean, to love what is mortal, to hold it against your bones, knowing your own life depends on it, and when the time comes to let it go, to let it go. Okay, so we are going to communion today. Um, we'll explain a little bit about the significance of it. Um, in the moments before the apostles eat the bread, Christ says, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. This body, this body in this space and time is offered to us. In turn, we remember Christ, his trauma, his suffering, his ministry, and healing. We remember his new body in our regenerated selves. The body of Christ which nourishes us. <laughs> my hands are too small. A two-year-old once told me my hands are small. In addition to providing communion today, Isaiah and I will um, be stationed down these aisles towards the double doors um, with anointing oil. Anointing is a symbol of healing as well as acknowledging the sacred within each of us. We will, uh, we will give a short blessing and you can offer up your hands or forehead for the anointing oil.
now I'm going to lead us in a time of prayer. Um, a practice that I learned when I was on SST in Senegal, um, when we would go to events like political rallies and they would pray, um, is to hold your hands out as if you're receiving the prayer. And as we say amen, to um, cover your face with your hands as if you're washing the prayers over yourself. The prayer is divided into sections, so I'll take some time for um, silence so you can reflect on the, what I had said. O wonderful weaver of the world, we thank you for the many ways your love enters our lives. We are thankful for the opportunity to gather today, to be enlightened, to learn more about the ways in which you are present in our lives and in our futures. Bless those who are absent from us, who can't be with us for unnamed, unknown, painful reasons. Let, let them find peace in their time off. Bless those who are distant from us. Be with our sisters and brothers in other parts of the world who are forced to live in war-torn areas, in profound poverty, in constant fear due to various forms of injustice, be it racial, religious, or based on gender or sexual orientation. Be a light to this darkness, God. Bless those who also feel distant in their own bodies, those who are facing their own internal struggles surrounding questions of sexual orientation, self-worth, gender identity, or fears of the future or of the unknown. Give these people comfort, God. And for your church, God, the body of Christ, we pray for unity. We pray for guidance as we learn to offer one another grace and mercy as we continue difficult discussions. Be present with those for whom the church has been a source of deep pain and frustration. For those the church has pushed away, we pray that they may find acceptance and unending love in you. We pray for our church leaders, grant them wisdom and perseverance when it feels like our church is splintering. We are grateful, God, for the gifts that our sisters and brothers in the global church can share with us. Thank you for the blessing of the rich diversity in creation. Let us validate, welcome, listen, and learn from our global church family. And let us not forget about our own families and friends around the country and the world. For SSTers who have just returned from Peru, we pray for their transition and re-entry back into the U.S. And as we leave this place, may you, the God who makes all things new, dwell among us and give us life. Amen. Um, as we close, let's sing in your purple, sing this story number 121. Nothing is lost on the breath of God. A reminder that God goes with us in transition.